This cookie dough's so good, though. Is that what you had instead? Mm. It's so good. Yes. The grease fire <laughs> was so bad that we canceled dinner and we just sat around and ate cookie dough. Dude. Dude. <laughs> you may get sick from it, but that's it'd be worth how it. I would do it. <laughs> you just give up. You're like, all right, what I'm do we just, got in the If I sat down to make a delicious meal and instead set my face on fire, that'd be it. It's cookie dough and sadness for dinner. <laughs> Welcome to The Forecast, episode 105. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced on Thursdays. Guys, did you realize we've done 105 episodes? Hell yeah, we have. Has we have gained, like, we we yeah. gained like eight people <laughs> listening. This is incredible. <laughs> We're a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things, from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash we are the horizon community, or you can come hang out in our Discord channel, or you can check out our website, we are the horizon.com. We have a ton of original content there for you to browse through. Additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. Uh, I am Aaron. I'm joined by a couple of additional peeps this week. Alex. Hello. Jake John. Hello. Caleb. That's me. And OE93. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. So... I wanted to ask this week, Alex, can I take over Alex time? Wait, wait, I got there something to say it first. Oh. I'm intrigued by the part where you mentioned if you want to see what else we do. And I'm thinking, if you're listening to this, you know like 95% of what we do. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> more. 95 does seem low. <laughs> um, do you mind if I take over Alex time? Is that okay? I mean, I, I guess. This I is kind really, of like a... Do you, Aggressive after coup de gras, I think. <laughs> Is it now airs right, right to I'll, my I'll, neck? I'll just do a quick thing right before Alex time. That's if you actually have something prepared. Wow, just assuming I don't have things prepared <laughs> every time. Yeah, that'd be a weird uh, assumption after all the previous Yeah, previously. Aaron, please. Alex, what do you got? Right now. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at some yep. stuff here. Okay, yep. so I wanted to so. talk about this because I thought this list was interesting, and I think some people would appreciate it. Um, wow, we're just going to do a list? How unoriginal. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Polygon published a, <laughs> a post today, and it just is titled, Now is the Time to Jump into Our Video Game Backlogs. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to list the games they have on this backlog so you guys know. could have some appreciation for it. No, no, no. This, here we go. This Bloodborne. is not like an of the decade thing. Oh, Bloodborne. yes. No, now this is talking. just games you need to go play this summer while we're in quarantine. Okay. okay. We're talking okay. already. Get started on that, boys. Yeah. yeah okay. So, <clears throat> Bloodborne. Second game, Persona 5. Yes. Mm. Yeah, Third, come game, boys. Third game, Chrono Trigger. Okay. That's all. I awesome. often thought yeah. about that. Just uh, so old. <laughs> uh, fourth game, Yakuza. Which, which one? one? Yeah, which this one? goes in and talks about how you can play several different ones. Uh, they talk about, um, he talks a little bit about how he's like played a lot of the series and he got to Yakuza 0 yeah. and it was just kind of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've arrived. Um, Legend yeah, of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's okay. a good one. Yeah. Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 15. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know how old that game is. 
It's I, not, I believe that's oh, the 15, one that's the MMO. 15, yeah. no, that's 14. No. 15 is oh, the boy right. band, oh, you're is right, it not? You're right. 15 yeah, is the boy band. Yeah. Okay. The car. And yes. then last Which but not least. I didn't least, think was very good. I don't know. Which seems totally unrelated to any of these games. Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah, because that it finally finished. I was going to say it just pick. finished. Okay, mm. that's what, that, that makes sense. All right. Mm-hmm. Final act, okay, it says right here, final act was released in January. I just thought it was weird because all these games have a very similar Plus, vibe. all the other ones are pretty high profile, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, gamers know about Kentucky Route Zero, but like, I don't actually know anything about it other than, like... Man, it took them so long to finish that game. Yeah, right, that's pretty <laughs> much all I know. Now, is it Route or is it Route? Either, I, either. I literally don't care. You <laughs> <don't know> that. <laughs> is that Who's Line episode where they sing about Root Route? I know that's a oh, deep yeah? cut. Tell us more. <laughs> Tell us more. How good is it's the Who's good, Line episode? It's a very good song, actually. Can you like redo the song for us so we can have like, I a little... I can't sing like Wayne Listen, can. Listen, if so. you just sang it right here, I'll just replace what you're doing with the actual in in, in episode audio. You know you can do that without me singing, actually. Well, no, but like, I won't we could... know when to start it or when to end it, so I really need you to sing Ready, it. start. You're not singing. End. Now you just cut out that portion, and you put in the song. Okay. Wow, that was really it. good. Audio <laughs> editing is very works. cool. Um, all right, uh, Alex, did you I'm actually surprised... have a list? Well, I just want to say I'm surprised that Witcher 3 is not on that list. That seems like yeah, a good candidate. I would have thought Witcher 3 would have been on there. I thought for sure it was going to be. Glad Bloodborne's um, on there, though. It took yeah. me all this time, but I finally found the act release dates for Kentucky Route Zero. First one was in 2013, January. 2013. How many acts yeah. are there? Five. Five, right? Yeah. Five? That's, That's not a that big time. a number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a year so, and a half between releases, essentially? Five. I believe each episode's like two hours ish. So. That took them that long to finish. Wild. It. NBD. Wow. Wow. No, that's nearly two years between between releases, essentially. They released the first one in 2013. Wow. That's crazy. Um, uh, I had some info about books that I was gonna ooh. tell. Oh books. Yeah. Books? I don't we don't, I don't this isn't really a book based podcast. Yeah. It's I feel like, other podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like we have a podcast specifically about books. I feel like we do. Alex, do you know anything about that? Nope. Okay. I know nothing about <laughs> expanding Books. horizons. Exploring horizons. Oh, expanding explore. horizons. <laughs> the Horizons Monthly Book Club podcast coming you to you the first of right every now? month. You're plugging it right is, now, are you? It's not shameless if it's our own podcast and we're <laughs> plugging it ourselves. Don't you only um, shamelessly plug your own things? Yeah, but usually it's like on other people's stuff on That's their fair. service. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, this says the best comic book of the decade was Saga. That was my most important thing. Saga was pretty good. That was a really so. good Alex time, Alex. Thank you. Yep. Let's best move adaptation from a book. Lately. True and, grit. Uh, Alex, let's let's go ahead and start with you. I've been playing some weird stuff. ESO. Had a big conversation about that last podcast. Yeah, we did. Still playing it. Mm-hmm. Gotten much farther. A lot of content in that game. Do you have any um, of the expansions? I have some of them, yes, because I've... I bought Graymore. Oh, you did buy Graymore. Have you played any of it yet? Or No. No. I'm still like in the same stuff that everybody else is in. Okay. But it... 
the expansion stuff looks really cool. Yeah. Um, but like, kind of like you, I'm still just doing the regular stuff, so I haven't even been tempted to buy any expansions yet. There are a few things that pop up here and there where I'm like, oh, okay, did you guys get this? And then they're like, no, and mm. they can't even get it. So like, I realized uh, Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild stuff is DLC. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking quests for people like they're at the fence in the main town there you can get quests for the dark brotherhood there where you're supposed to go to this other city and murder an innocent to like get the attention of the dark brotherhood i haven't really done that yet, about but... my kind of quest right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's some there's some cool stuff there also there's these thieves guild caches that i could open and nobody else could open and everybody was con- confused and i finally figured out it was from dlc confused and annoyed <laughs> It's like you can see them, but you just can't interact with them. So, hmm. kind of dumb. So, there's a lot of DLC in that game. Is there um, any sort of like land mass that you can specifically go to that other people can't? Or is it just kind of like uh, activities and things that are built into the normal world that everybody I, has access to? I think you can't get into like the Western Skyrim section of the map hmm. if you don't have Greymore. Or like elsewhere, if you don't have elsewhere. Uh, I mean, I know uh, my girlfriend, when she started, she was in the Dark Elf place, Morrowind area. Mm-hmm. And I went to join her. And it's like, oh, you can't go there. You oh. don't have that DLC. And I was like, oh, okay. Yep. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I was I was wondering if they had it similar to uh, WoW, like how like every time WoW has an expansion, there's always like a new landmass kind of thing, uh, as well as sometimes they add new professions and whatnot. Um, yep. But generally speaking, other than Cataclysm, they I don't recall any of their uh, expansions really kind of going back and adding things to previous areas. Uh, you know, like I, I, I don't remember them doing anything like that. So that's kind of neat that they, they do yeah. that. They, it's like you know, like you said, you have the quest lines that, um, you know, that are in starting areas that other people just don't see, uh, but you have access to. I don't know if I like that or not, but it's just very interesting the difference there of just kind of be like, hey, you know, here, here's this. Yeah, it seems like they do it both ways. Like they have what they call chapters and that's like the big expansions that release every year or so that give like a new landmass and a new main story quest line and then they have other things that they call dlcs which are smaller like quest pass like the dark brotherhood and stuff like that that don't necessarily have their own area that does integrate into previous content I, I like the idea of it evolving the world, and I, th- I think that's actually kind of neat because that's the thing that I wish WoW did more of was just kind of like, hey, we know what these areas are, you know, give us a reason to go back through them, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of them are very fun and iconic places that I re- like. I vividly remember the art style of those areas. So just having a quest line that puts me back through that for a reason would be neat. It makes sense, and I'd like that. Um, but. I also understand the uh, flip side of it is that, you know, if you keep it isolated, uh, then you don't have to. I, I, I guess on, on the one hand, like, I feel like it doesn't upset the player because it, I mean, if I was like, you know, oh, hey, I'm a new person and I'm playing and I, you know, I don't have the latest expansion because I'm not level 80 yet or whatever the fuck they're at anymore. Um, 
and seeing stuff that I can't access, I would be like just furious. I would be like, why is this here? <laughs> you know, like put that in the stuff that you get when you get the the DLC. So I don't know I can see both sides of the coin, but that's interesting. I'm glad and that ESO does that. Interesting that you mentioned not being high enough level to start the new DLC because that's something unique about ESOs. You can do any of the storylines in any order because level doesn't really matter because everything's scaled. That's what's so a weird concept, but also it, very it, cool. Right. It's very weird. It threw me off a lot because I kept being like, I don't know if I should go over here yet. I don't know if I'm like a high enough level. And then you I can realized, kind of just do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. But I, like I, I, the thing that I disliked about that was the fact that I never felt as if I was getting more powerful. That is my one complaint about yeah. the, the system. Because it, like the nice thing about WoW is that like after you've gone through a bunch of levels, you can go back to some of the areas that you've you know quested through, and everything's like ten levels below you, and you can just one shot anything that's over there. I mean, you don't get XP for it, but like it does, you do feel more powerful because you're like, mm -hmm. oh, nothing here can hurt me. I can just gallivant around, and I will be basically immune because I have gained so much power whereas in ESO I was like everywhere I go there's gonna be some wolves that'll fuck me up <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's like why Jake's girlfriend can start in Morrowind and it would not affect like the game at all like you can just start yeah. doing that storyline like for me it started me in Elsewhere because oh, yeah. I bought Greymore and that Greymore seems... wasn't out yet so it started me in the most recent update ah i see and then to play with everybody else i just went to the main city and talked to this hooded figure and it basically like knocks you out and puts you in cold harbor to start the main original quest line oh there you go hmm. kind of neat yeah i mean it definitely seems a lot of fun uh, but i think that, you know any mmo is always fun when you have Ten of your friends playing it. It, it you know, it's 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 nice that it allows you to do that. And you know, as we talked about last time about how you know, like we don't have to worry about the fact that you guys have been playing like so many more hours. Like I can just hop on whenever. It's, even, it it, it continues in. to be my favorite part of that game. Yeah, because <laughs> the only other MMO I've tried that was the biggest struggle. Was it really convincing was. everyone to stay close level wise. Yeah, because the solution, though, I at least I thought, correct me if I'm wrong from my memory of this, but I believed that the solution that I had was that I had one person I was just going to power level through, and then I had a second one that I was trying to keep near you. Sure. I mean, the solution eventually became we stopped playing. Yeah, <laughs> that is <laughs> that worked happened. pretty good. Is the mechanic of those of that like leveling process such that as people get ahead, even in small amounts of levels, they ramp up in terms of like damage and items and it's just like you can't participate in things that they partake in or what for Bal eso or for e other e well eso i know everything is level balanced but for like regular games like what yeah, we were talking yeah. about with mm -hmm. other mmos yeah okay. that was that was generally the thing like i would be a couple levels uh ahead of i mean a couple i mean like 10 levels ahead of where mm -hmm. jake was because i had more free time so i was playing it more and at that point like where he was questing i wouldn't get experience for being there and where he so, was questing i would die yeah wow so, so it was one of those things of just either like I have no challenge 
and there's no point other than just to hang out with Jake, or he could ha- try to hang with me, but pretty much just the slightest of ease could kill him. Yeah. And so also makes that, it unfun for Jake because he's just kind of following Owen around and gonna, Owen's one-shotting everything. Either way, yeah, someone's not having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Even uh, even Fallout does have a bit of that, uh, because like there's, you, you get better weapons up to a specific point, and like in the earlier levels you notice that a lot like i was a couple levels of uh ahead of my girlfriend as we were playing together and so like even though we were using the same type of gun i would have one that was like a level 30 and she'd have one that was like a level 20 and so it would take her multiple more shots to kill something and i could just one shot everything that we were fighting at the time uh but they have a nice thing that that's only up till level 50 and then after that everything evens out and so, like, it doesn't matter how many levels ahead of people you are. Everything after level 50 and specific areas of the map are just, this is what it is. And whether you're 300, 100, or 50, it's all the same. That enemy will always feel, like, um, scary to you. It's interesting. I, I don't clearly play a lot of MMOs, but I, I do play a lot of multiplayer games. We're playing in smallish groups where there are like leveling mechanics, really like Destiny, but it takes you a while as one player to move far enough away from your like people you normally play with to get where you won't be able to follow them into, into battle in places. Um, but one thing that I do remember, we were playing, uh, what's that zombie game that's a survival game where you're on an island? And you're looking for the cure. That is so not so Dead Island? Dead the Island? Dead Island? Dead Island? Is that the oh, one where you man. get the grappling or, hook? Uh, no. You, uh, that's, what's that called? Dying Light. Dying Light. Thank yes. you. That one is so memorable to me because we had one person who was playing and got like, no joke, one level ahead. And they had an unlock for a mechanic in the game that completely changed the way that we could play the game with them because their mobility was above and beyond anything else anybody would be able to do. And we just literally stopped right then. No one else played that game. Like, there was no group partaking. Yeah, I can't get anybody to finish that game with me. <laughs> it, I, it's, I've tried it's with just... three or four different groups, and we always get to, like, the first, like, the six-hour mark and stop playing. Are there any games that have, like, a... No, oh, that, that wouldn't make any sense anyways. Because the problem is when you get these, like, multiple different groups you're playing games with, like, I'm, for example... Divinity Original Sin 2. How many different yep. versions of that game have you guys played, Caleb and Jake? Oh my god, so many. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. I have over 100 hours in that game, and I've beaten it once. <laughs> I think it's just a mechanic of like trying to have fun leveling systems in games, but also have something where people can participate. And ESO seems cool in that sense, that somebody can just jump in and be right there in yep. combat. No problem. Uh, sorry, what else have you been playing? Oh, um, yeah, oh, still, still... Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got the first game, game for one. Alex. <laughs> um, still p- playing some Crucible. I like that game quite a bit. I actually Seems got like... to play that a tiny bit with Alex. And then somebody hit my car in the middle of one of the games, so I had to oh, yeah. leave for a bit. Oh, dang. <laughs> this is true. This is true. It wasn't, wasn't great. Well, huh. if he wouldn't have been is... playing the game while he was in his car, yeah. someone <laughs> wouldn't have hit him. Don't play while you're driving, you idiot. <laughs> Correct. Uh, um, the game's pretty cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure what you thought about it, because we didn't get 
to have a very good experience with it, I don't think. I got like one real game in, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. Out uh, of... I mean, only one extra. I've only played a few games of it. Okay. And we just haven't gone back to it. So maybe that's information in and of itself about how good it is. I was going to say, <laughs> that, that, you not going back to it tells me a lot about the game. I mean, it was Mostly, enjoyable while I played it. I feel like I've been playing with Chad. Would do it. Yeah, I want to get four people and play the four-player mode. Yeah. And actually have communication. Mm-hmm. That game doesn't have any sort of communication with your team besides just pings and the pings aren't not like like the ping system is not yeah as good as apex it's like a very basic ping system Mm. um so there's no text chat there's no voice chat wow and it's also at the same time very team-based so incredibly it kind of suffers from that i think it might be good for us to just play the two-player mode if nobody else is around try it out yeah. Are really that many people actually using in-game voice chat at this point? Yeah. People do, I if think. You're, if you're solo queuing, it's all you got. I guess that's true. Yeah. That is all you right? have. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't usually like to use it, but I like when other people on my team use it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand Gosh. that. I feel like that's how most people feel. Yeah. Except yeah. for those people that talk a ton during the game. Yeah. Yeah, and don't have their mic is just on continuous mode. You hear yeah, everything oh that's going gosh, on. Those people. But I mean, there's the main thing I think I can point to is uh, the 44 mode. You have to kill this hive and capture its heart, um, and that gives like you one point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like no, you made that joke next, last time. Stand and press F and let the the timer count up. Um, but the game is structured in such a way that the respawns are long enough and the maps are large enough that if you die during the fight around the hive, you pretty much can't make it back before the hive's taken. So having communication on when to engage and like when you have to run and hide and heal and stuff like that around those specific fights would be very helpful. I think. Yeah. Cause like if you're, if you're like 50 meters away and you're not going to be there for the fight for a few more seconds and then two of your team decides to go engage on the hive, they just die. And then it's like, oh, well, we're two down for our 4v2 fight and we're just going to lose this point now. So, I don't know. Stuff like that. Hmm. I do like that it's structured that way, though, because it makes those fights seem very dense and important. Yeah. Uh, whereas you can have other skirmishes around other objectives around the map that are not nearly as important, and if you die there, it's not such a big deal. I was about to say skirmishes is exactly what I'd call those, because they're not pivotal to the game. Right, and then you've got the these big pivotal fights that happen around this main objective, and I think that ebb and flow is really nice. It's pretty cool. Um, I've also been playing chess. Wow. Regular chess. Just good old chess.com. He, he was playing it today, sitting downstairs at the table, just playing chess. I've been playing against the computer with the recommended good moves turned on so I can try to learn like what's chess. good in chess. I started playing chess mostly because uh, Critical put out a video about the chess drama on Twitch. I watched that this morning. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the chess drama? 
there's a grandmaster that's been streaming on Twitch and he's become very popular. He played with XQC, a bunch of other popular streamers, I assume. XQC is the only one I recognize. Yeah. Yeah, like big name streamers he's getting he's getting into playing chess with. And he's and, getting like 10 to 30,000 viewers on Twitch because of it. And so the other like chess grandmasters are like, "Oh, he's such a sellout." Yeah. <laughs> Like they're all ruining he's good chess. At something? I don't. I'm confused. All these, all these chess grandmasters are very elitist and like gatekeepery about yeah. chess. They're like XQC. He's not a chess master. Why do we even <laughs> waste our time on him? It's like, what are you? Ta- it's chess, guys. Well, it's yeah. kind of a weird dynamic because it's like one of the original like competitive games that people played. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like it's such a global thing. It's not right. very like it's not centralized in one spot, and it's. I was talking to Alex. If you guys have not seen the Magnus documentary on Netflix, it's very, very good. It's about a, a guy named Magnus Carlson. He's a uh, like prodigy for chess, and it's incredible to see like the process they go through to be a grandmaster and who they play against. Yeah, I was gonna say. So is this guy? Uh, I'm sorry if I missed it. Is he a, a master or a grandmaster? Grandmaster. He's a grandmaster. <laughs> okay. He made cool. grandmaster at the age of 13. Yeah, because because grandmaster is impressive. Master is not. <laughs> wow because there's so many of them here no yeah, so, so apparently like because i i i somebody mentioned like how you become a chess master and it's apparently not that impressive like basically you just need to like register a bunch of forums and then beat other people that are masters and once you've beaten like i think 10 of them or something like that you yourself are a master and then there's like a giant list that you're added into that you're just then like in that list and then you can try to like beat people that are above you and keep going up or down you know like this this giant kind of uh, you yep. know ranking ladder like you would in any other game the uh, freaking just... sr for chess yeah but grand masters is the thing that's impressive because apparently there's like that's like the top tier and there's very few of them and so the mm-hmm. only way you get in is by like get, having like thousands upon thousands of thousands of chess wins and like getting it up that high so like that's a big deal for what it's worth before they started the sort of world champion which is the number one of grandmasters which was in 1886 by the way they have a list of leading players in the world before that period of time and there are dates back to the year 1559 incredible yes is old yeah. So this guy we were I was talking about a minute ago, Magnus Carlson, he has been the grand champion uh or the world chess champion since 2013. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was seeing stuff like man, it must suck to be like really into chess in the in the era of Magnus Carlson because <laughs> like you know you're just never going to be that good. Yeah. Like you can never strive to be number 1 essentially. He's just going to crush you. Hey, number 2 is fine. <laughs> Someone's got to be you're not first. Place. Number you're two, Sparky Bobby. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, you weren't done. Well, I was just gonna cap off saying uh, critical was basically talking about how uh, this guy's name is a uh, Hikaru Nakamura, and he's basically like bringing in a bunch of fresh faces to to chess, exposing chess to a new group of people on Twitch, and all these other grandmasters are like turning out their nose at him because he's playing with plebs essentially mm. and uh yeah i don't know it's just weird 
Critical calls out. There's two like main chess people now. It's Magnus Carlson and it's this guy because he's popular on Twitch. I mean, people are learning chess. Yeah, chess is uh, a cool game. I play. Caleb, what have you been playing? So did we did we talk about Galaxy and Turmoil last time? I don't no. think so. Did not. Okay, Alex and I downloaded what was. Let's let's be honest. This is more of an alpha for that game. Mm. More of like a demo for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, it's supposed to be the game that the people who are making. Um, Alex, Please tell better. me due process. Tell me. Yeah, there was a group of modders essentially that were making the spiritual successor to Battlefront 2. <gasps> they were making Battlefront 3 essentially. There it is. Oh! And then they got cease and desisted, and so they had to change all the assets and change the name and everything. So that's what this game is essentially. It is not ready though. Not anywhere close. <laughs> it's maybe, maybe wait. Don't go play it right now. It's been on my wish list for I don't know how many years, like six years or something. Yeah. And it's like nowhere near anywhere close to finish. No. Mm. So, so many issues. I mean, it definitely evokes that Battlefront 2 feeling. But without all of the nice polish and without all of the sound effects. They also don't have the modes you care about in yet. So like the, they're supposed to have ground to space war stuff at some point where you can be on the ground fighting over objectives and then take off in a ship, fly up into space, board a cruiser, do all that kind of stuff. Hmm. It looks like it'll be really cool once it's much better. <laughs> there's like, what, what a there's good like missing sound effects right now. Like There's a gun yeah, that just oh doesn't God. make any sounds. There's a gun that makes no noise. Yikes. It's impossible <laughs> to tell if you're actually hitting someone. You'd think they'd just throw in a generic stock one for now, you know? Right? Like, oh, we don't have one, so just put in, you know, sound effect A. I feel like there's probably one in there. It's probably just busted to the point that it's not working. Sure. There's a jetpack on your character, and the fuel lasts so long, for one. So long? The meter goes down very slowly. (laughs) Uh, And then, two, there's something with the physics where I figured out if you can find a vertical wall and just like run into it while you're jetpacking. You can just like go up vertically mm-hmm. forever. So you can get on top of like things you're not supposed to get on top to, of for just sure. Like people. Yep. So I had fun doing that actually getting the sniper class and then like rubbing my body against a building until I got to the roof. <laughs> yeah. And it's hit scan sniping. So yep. I don't really got to worry about how far away you are. Good stuff. Yeah. Wait, wait on that for a while. I'm sure it'll become good. It seems like it has some potential. Uh, other than that, I've been playing a bunch of this game called Monster Train. Came out a couple weeks ago, I think. It's basically Slay the Spire, but with some little twists. Instead of going up this spire, you're on a train traveling through the nine rings of hell to get to the core to reignite it. Your demons. And you're oh. fighting what appear to be angels, basically. So you're like the good guy. Yeah, exactly. Is this uh, is it based on like that Adventure Time episode where there's a monster train, or maybe it's a dungeon <laughs> train? Do you know what I'm I know talking what you're about? talking about? Yes, but it's it's nothing like that. It sounds very similar though. <laughs> the way it plays is you have a deck of cards like you do in sort of Slay the Spire, that kind of thing. So definitely a very much a deck builder. And when you enter a battle, you go into a, 
what's essentially just one car of a train. I don't know why it's not multiple cars. Not important. It's this car of a train that is four levels high. And on the on the top level is just your core, which is if it takes enough damage, you just lose. And then on the three levels below that is where you play cards that can be either monsters or spells. So you play out some monsters and then en- enemies come in on the bottom level of the train. And if they survive one round of combat with the bottom level of the train, they move up a level. So you got to like space out your monsters among these three levels in kind of the right combinations to get that. It gets that kind of roguelike feel to it where you get some really powerful stuff that works super well together. And you try to place it on the same level. So it's, it's got some interesting tactics to it. It's pretty fun so far. I just recently unlocked the last demon tribe or whatever it's called. The last good guy. Basically the last deck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But it is uh, quite hard. I've only beaten it twice I think in uh, like 20 hours of play. So it's got um, that roguelike difficulty which is nice. You mentioned uh, when you were talking about Galaxy and Turmoil, you mentioned games that uh, you should wait on a little bit. And in the process, I started looking up information about due process. Did you know (laughs) that that game was announced in 2014? My goodness. And also, they've recently put on Steam that it's going to be early access in 2020. Oh, hey, that's now. Hey, (laughs) that means it's actually playable, which is cool. (laughs) It's only taken a little bit of time. Basically... Almost the same amount of time as uh, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> I was put that in perspective. I was reading some stuff on it the other day, and apparently they've changed their um, alpha sign-up process. So if you signed up the way they originally had it, it just doesn't matter anymore. And they're just like doing stuff through Discord now. That's okay. I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm going to get upset. I'm going to be mad. They're so so you can you can go on Discord and ask for a key, and you might get it. Fine. Um, I've been playing uh, two things mainly. Dota 2, um, of course, I'm back into that. The Compendium uh, International 2020, 20, the International 2021. When is this international actually going to be The held? International 10. <laughs> Which is what they're held calling in it. 21. Held in. It's the, it's the 10th International held in sometime. <laughs> TM. <laughs> Soon TM. All right. Uh, anyway, we've been playing some Dota 2 since the Compendium came out, of course, because we do every year when it comes out. And have basically lost every single game since the companion wow. came out. Yes. Have Have you actually won a game? Either of you? We won one. The second game that we played after companion, and we have lost how many games in a row? Did you say, Alex? Like eleven? Mm, yeah, I think that's what I counted. I mean, that's that rough. You guys are pretty new to this game, right? I don't think we've talked <laughs> about yeah, playing Alex Dota is before. Only five thousand hours in. I only got like thirty four hundred hours in it. So it's... you're still like learning the ropes, you know? <laughs> yeah, we Freshman. stopped playing for like three or four months, and then we got real bad. <laughs> that's that's actually what happened. Did we are guys... garbage at that game. <laughs> Did you watch the Dota WTF video that came out today? No. Was I in it? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no, but there's a section where he's like looking through his match history and they're all losses except for one win. <laughs> That's us. Right That's pretty much us. I don't uh, get it. It's all different types of games too. It's like yeah. games where we get crushed in the beginning. I'm just like, oh yeah, we lose this one, then we lose. And then there's games where we crush in the beginning. I'm like, oh yeah, we're doing so good. And then uh, somehow the enemy comes out of the jungle or something and whomps everybody. Like 20 levels ahead of everyone. Like, we're doing really good, and then all of a sudden we see, like, 
a lone carry in the distance that's like eight levels ahead of me somehow. I don't know what he's been doing. But Hacking. he just murders everybody. Yeah, it's like games that are closer, we still just lose anyway. We're so bad at that game now. It's okay. Uh, the Battle Pass, though, we should probably talk about a bit. Oh, go ahead. Talk about it. I don't... <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more cool items in it this year. But they're spread out very far in levels to where you need to pay a lot of money to get them. And I don't think there's as many ways this year to get levels for free as there used to be. Pretty sure there's not. It they kind of got rid of that last year, though. Very difficult to level your battle pass without just buying the levels. Instead of playing f- paying 500 this year, you're going to be playing 750 Okay, sir, listen. Have you paid that much money for this thing before? <laughs> I feel uh, like I that's don't... an under... I don't know how much we paid, but Alex and I both have three of the little um, Aegis of the Immortals, which you don't get until you're level 1,000. Yeah. What? And to give you a perspective, when you used to buy the Battle Pass, it cost you, uh, I want to say it was $25 to get to level 50. It was like level 50, yeah. Yeah. And then you can do a whole bunch of stuff to like recycle things and get up levels, but... You also pay a lot of money. This year, it's $45 for the level 100 paddle pass. Jesus. And you still lose every game? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't used to. It's just in the recent thing. Did you guys see there's a a pay-to-lose bug where if you get the special um, teleport... uh, What's the word? Like, particle effect? It just appears on the map wherever you're teleporting. It doesn't matter if you can see it. Wow. It's just there on the map when you start teleporting. Wow. There was also a pay to win bug where if you taunted as um, Morphling with the new taunt from the battle pass, any of your projectiles were invisible. <laughs> Ooh. So yes. you could you taunt once and then from then on all of your projectiles no, are invisible? You, whatever you do during the taunt. During the taunt. So you can ethereal blade during the taunt and nobody would see it until it hit them. That's ridiculous. Wow. Uh, I've also been playing, of course, we've been playing a lot of Gloomhaven. Um, mm-hmm. We have each retired, I think, three characters now. Um, the game is a blast. It just constantly changes. It's dynamic. It's, um, man, for a board game, it's very, very, very well designed. And this is his first game, right? Isn't that the first Isaac game? I don't know. I don't know. Well... More recently, I tricked my companions into helping me resurrect Zorn the Plague Herald. Yeah, that's like a bad idea. Yeah, it does sound bad. It yeah. is very bad. It's very. We got a city event later that was all bad things because yeah, a plague surprise, infected surprise. the city. <laughs> what? Weird. Well, how'd that happen? <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. And like uh. usually, when you achieve your your uh, retirement goal, like your character goes off to greener pastures and like does they stuff. Retire. They, they retire. Yeah. Retire. And th- they might show up in the story later for this one. My character got sacrificed and died. So you don't then, get like some nice. of the benefits for actually then, retiring that character. Yeah. And then Zorn, just die. Zorn got resurrected and now I'm playing as Zorn. It's very cool. Not evil at all. That's a word. Not evil at all. Like, I'm big on poisoning a bunch of people, and a lot of my cards also poison my allies. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> that just seems not helpful. <laughs> yes, that's correct. It's no, it's not brutal. Jake, how about you? What have you been playing? All right. Uh, so I've been playing two games and they're kind of random. For some reason, I got back into Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I don't know. I don't really know how this happened. Because I know I was talking about trying out Origins. Right. And I did try Origins, but it, it has probably like the worst intro I've yeah, experienced in a very long time. It's not a good intro. It's really bad and very confusing. So I fell off it almost immediately. But I've been playing a lot of Black Flag. And I like Black Flag. Uh, but it does kind of remind me why I kind of stopped playing Assassin's Creed games for a while. Um, it's, just, it's so weird because the game has like good mechanics. Free running feels great. The combat is animated beautifully, at least. Uh, it's it's a little simplistic, but it gets the job done. But then just like sometimes the missions. <laughs> like literally, I was doing one the other day and it's like, OK, follow that guy. So I follow him around this tiny island, and that's like, okay, get in your ship and follow his ship. And so I do a stealth ship section, Ooh. which is stupid. Like, that's the dumbest <laughs> fucking thing. And then I get to where the ship's going, it's like, okay, follow that guy again. And I'm like, Assassin's Creed, listen to me. I'm done <laughs> following people, let me play the game and have fun, please. And then the mission ended. And I'm like, man, that sucked. But follow like missions that, are the best missions you can have in a no. single-player game. That's the weirdest thing. Nobody likes healing <laughs> missions. They're the worst. I can safely tell you that uh, Odyssey doesn't have any tailing missions that involve ships. If you're I on mean, a ship, you're killing them or you're moving to the next place to kill someone else. I, it boggles the mind that they thought you could do a tailing mission in a ship. Like, literally, I'm like right behind them i'm like right there <laughs> and you can see on your mini map they have vision cones like in front of the ship like you can only see out the front of a fucking pirate ship That's like not it's not Jake. just open concept if someone's the chasing ship. you from behind or coming from the side you have no idea until they yeah, get there there's no way of knowing <laughs> there is actually probably no more like perfect scenario where you would be on a something and you could literally have 360 degree views <laughs> at almost unlimited distance to see people sneaking up on you. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so, and it's not fun because you just look at the mini map and you're like, oh, I'll just avoid the yellow spots. And that's <laughs> it for like five minutes straight. It's so bad. Sounds like a quality mission. Yeah. That it's sounds bad. like, okay. But the game is fun, is the problem. <laughs> like, the most fun I have is when I'm between missions and I'm like, that ship right there can get fucked. Like, <laughs> I am going to ram that ship and destroy it in a second. And that's great. And then you get to the mission, it's like, hey, fun time's over. It's Assassin's Creed time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been kind of frustrating, kind of inconsistent. Um, the other game I've been playing is The Witcher 3. Alex has been talking this game up for, like, months now. And I finally went back into my library, reinstalled it, and started playing it. And that game's great. I really like it. Um, I'm going to bitch about a bunch of stuff, but I want to establish it's really, really good. The main <laughs> thing I've liked this time is their alchemy system, I think, is really cool. Um, usually, I bounce off of alchemy immediately, because it's like you spend five hours collecting flowers. You make one potion of slightly better sorting. You use it for one fight, and then it's like, all right, get 50 more flowers. And I'm like, man, I don't have time for that. But in The Witcher 3, you make the potion, and then you just, like, you use it, 
And then whenever you rest, it just gives you that potion again because it's like, oh, dude, you made this already. Mm-hmm. You need that. It uses like a certain thing in your inventory, like alcohol, but you get so much of it that you basically just have it all the time. And it's really cool. You get cool potions. So I've been enjoying that a lot. Now I'm going to bitch about this game because <laughs> there's things that really, really bother me. The first one's really petty and it's a PC only thing. It obviously isn't meant to run in 60 frames per second. Because if you're in a cutscene, Geralt's hair vibrates and shakes like it is trying to escape. (laughs) (laughs) And it is the most distracting thing in the universe. I literally spent like an hour just playing with settings before I finally stumbled upon, oh, it's my frame rate, it's too high. Because the hair would vibrate, his medallion would vibrate, and trees in the background would look like they're in the middle of a goddamn hurricane. And it was it was just really, really distracting. <laughs> so I just capped it to 30 and it looks better now. It's fine. That's a small thing. The bigger you thing. You played the whole game at 30? Frames. I am. I am. <sighs> Dude, I, co- I couldn't deal. Every cutscene, I'm just staring at his vibrating scalp. <laughs> it's so distracting. Well, you like, just... it, it looks fine. You can just skip all the cutscenes. They're not they're not important <laughs> yeah, to the, the actual storyline. Not, yeah. not important. It's fine. I did Look, also get him on one of those hot tub scenes, though. Yeah, right. I did <laughs> also get him a haircut that just cuts his hair shorter, which helps mm. also because <laughs> it can't vibrate if it's shaved. Wow. But I it, don't think I had those problems. Really? I don't. I mean, I messed around with this for a while because I thought it was it has NVIDIA hair effects or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was so sure it was that. But on or off, the vibration was distracting. <laughs> so I, I just switched to 30, and it's fine. The game looks good. It runs fine. I can't really I mean, I tell that much of a difference. I played a lot of it at, like, 165. Yeah. And it seemed all right. I did actually notice what you're talking about on Siri. Like, really? a couple of, like, things on her body would vibrate. Uh a sexy thing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Like Any her visits? like her sword or like a oh, not sexy things. <laughs> like her medallion hangs at her, her hip, like her medallion mm. would do it. But I didn't notice it on Geralt or the trees in the background. That's weird cuz Geralt literally every cutscene I was like Geralt, please, please, you're in a building. There's <laughs> no a, wind. Having a seizure also, essentially. <laughs> if I had to guess there's probably a way to cap frame rate in cutscenes only. You know, that might be true. I actually, I did find a mod that might have fixed the hair. But since I was having problems with like three other things, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to do the frame rate cap. Uh, speaking of mods, there's this, uh, this next one's actually something I modded out because oils, they're another alchemy thing. And they're a really good idea that I think are executed pretty poorly. So the idea is you have a bunch of oils that you can apply to your sword. And it's like, oh, this oil makes you better against humans. And this one makes you better against ghosts. And this one's really good against like zombies. So that's cool because that's kind of like a witcher thing. You prepare for the fight, whatever. The issue I have is they last for like 20 hits, roughly, which on the difficulty I'm playing on is about half of a fight. (laughs) And it's like, you know, maybe that's not a problem, except that. Oils don't get consumed. You can put a million oils on your sword, and you can put them on halfway through a fight. So all that meant was halfway through a fight, I have to pause the game, go through the fucking menu to find my oil again, and put it back on my sword. 
which breaks the flow like crazy. Does it, it stack? Like, could you no. put like four on? Okay. It's it's one, and you reset like the number of charges you have, but mm. the effect doesn't multiply. Got you. I understand what you're saying now. That's yeah. weird. It like it's such a good idea. I just don't know why it's oh, everything else is the way it is. Like it feels like you weren't supposed to be able to apply it again in combat, but you definitely can. So I, I literally just found a mod that makes every oil you apply it has a thousand uses now. <laughs> there you so go. I, you Fix know, the problem. Yeah. Now I just put it on once, and I don't have to worry about it again. Well, way, it seems weird better. that it seems weird that that's not just like a pure consumable. Yeah. Right. Like I feel like there's a bunch of ways to make it work better, but it doesn't. <laughs> Like, if it just, if you used it and it was gone, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Or if it was just like, you use it once and then it's just on your sword. Cool. Mm -hmm. But it's like the, a weird combination of the two and it just does not work for me. Yeah. Yeah. You get more um, uses out of higher level oh, uh, yeah. stuff. I think it's supposed to scale that way, but, but still, also it's like, still dumb because you can just put it on again. Yeah, you essentially have unlimited uses as long as you have the patience to put it back on, which I'm like glad on the you highest at least, difficulty I always do. I'm glad you at least changed it to a, a thousand instead of like doing the. There's another mod that just auto applies auto oils. It. Yeah, I thought which with, it seems lame. Yeah, like, that, like auto applies the correct oil for yes. whatever you're left yep. to Yeah. Wow. That felt too much like cheating to me. I, I don't like oils or not. Sorry, not oils mods that do stuff like that, where it's just like it's just making the game too easy because mm -hmm. like there's other ones that let you slot more of the upgrade points and stuff like that. And I'm always like, eh, like that's that's a bridge too far for me. Mm. But the oil thing worked for me. And the last thing I want to complain about, it's not really a complaint. I don't know why I like Gwent as much as I do. <laughs> Gwent is the in-game CCG in The Witcher 3, and I hate CCGs, but I like Gwent. Every town I go to, I'm like, listen, buddy, you and me, we're about to have a card battle. And I know that seems weird because I'm covered in, like, harpy blood, but listen, get out your deck. Let's duel. Let's go. I was not a fan of Gwent. I The little amount that I played of it, to be fair. I don't know why. I think it's because it's it's simple enough that, like, I can just play it and I don't have to, like, learn a lot. Because essentially it's just, like, you play your unit cards and they have, like, a power value and your opponent plays theirs and whoever has the highest number wins the round. That's more or less it. Like, there's a little bit of complexity, but not a ton more. And so, you know, it's easy enough to get into. And I think just the act of building a deck works really good in this kind of open world game. Where I'm just like going around talking to people anyways. So like just going up and being like, hey, do you have any cool cards I can buy? Just kind of works better. And also, I do think it's funny to like, hey, I just murdered the soul of your unborn child. But you want to play cards? You want to do a little <laughs> Magic the Gathering, though? Do you guys remember if for those that played it, um, uh, Pizak? In the Knights of the Old Republic games. I remember that. Oh. I remember that vaguely. Because I, I weirdly loved that card game. And it seems to do the same exact things that Jake is saying for like Gwent does in Witcher. Like, it, obviously, the gameplay of it is different. But I, I did really love just like walking into a bar and they're like, hey, find out stuff about what you need to know in this bar 
but half the time I was opening the conversation, which is like, hey, you got any, like, rare Pazak cards that I could buy so I can just, like, w- gamble and win a bunch of fucking money? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... It seems like just a natural fit to me to put in an open world game. It's goofy, I, it gives you something fun to collect, and it's a I, fun little side quest. I do feel like every good open world game does have a decent card game that goes with it. Or some sort of, like, pub game. Sure. Like, I, because I, 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 like, that had, the, I remember Fable had, like, the a couple good pub games that were fun to go through. Yeah, they released those standalone before the game came out so you could earn currency for the game which i bought and did that and i thought that was such a fucking good idea and i don't know why games don't do that more often that's so cool if you're gonna have a mini game in your game the idea of hey what if we release this to like hype our game up and people that are gonna be like super obsessed with our game are gonna buy it and play it for several hours while they're waiting for the game to come out. So that way, when they do start playing, they already have money in the game. And I think that's such a goddamn great idea. I do not know why it's the only game that did that. I mean, Witcher basically did the opposite. They released a Gwent standalone after The Witcher 3 yeah, was yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just because people loved Gwent. And they were like, hey, do you want to give us like more money, though? And people <laughs> did. We'll make this if you guys Man, just, you know, buy it from us. Are you going to get way into Gwent standalone after you're done with Witcher? Almost no way. Because the other <laughs> thing I like about Gwent is that it's against NPCs only and they're dumb as hell. Literally one guy played all his cards the first round. So I just automatically won the next two and won the whole great. game. Great, great. I Yeah, I do just like that you can just walk into a tavern and just like find a random guy that you've never met and be like, hey, play me in cards. I know I have cat eyes and two swords and I'm covered in blood, but guess what? It's time to duel. You think that would work out in like real life? Almost certainly. You had a set of like Magic the Gathering cards and you just walk into a pub somewhere, make eye contact with another person and be like, hey! Put, bring your cards out. Put them on the table. You gotta get one of those if, like... If by pub you mean game store... Sure, because I don't know any bar that I'm walking into that someone else has a deck of magic cards on them. Yeah. How funny would that be, though? Somebody was just sitting there like the deck just like sitting in front of them. They're just waiting patiently. Half drink beer. It would be way more entertaining, to be honest. That would be a better world to live in, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I also I want those Yu-Gi-Oh card thingies i don't know what the word is but the i think we all know what we're talking about the yeah, arm things yeah. goofy the things arm that blades. Hold cards yes man when i was How a kid one of the neighbors had one of those because they're heavy as fuck dude he yeah. was like the coolest guy in the neighborhood <laughs> okay okay coolest guy in the neighborhood he'd walk up we're all playing Yu Gi Oh on a dumb table and he walks up with his cool wrist mounted yeah. Did he realize Did it's a bad idea after it? about 10 minutes of holding his arm up and going, this is fucking tiring? No, it was super cool. Look, he's really strong now, is the and thing. He, he probably <laughs> set his arm, arm on the table. And he still wears it. <laughs> yeah, at that <laughs> point, day. just play on the table. Man, Yu-Gi-Oh was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I also uh, like Gwent and Witcher 3 because of the implications it can have in story. Like, you, there's some decision making in that game where you could like intimidate somebody or fight somebody, or you can just challenge them to Gwent. And you'd be like, if I beat you in Gwent, 
you're gonna do what I say, and they'll be like, "All right, you just battle them in cards instead." <laughs> is that everyone in the game? You can just no. choose to go Gwent. There, okay. there is a mod that makes every combat just start a round of Gwent, <laughs> <laughs> which oh, is probably too much. Yeah. too much combat in the game for that. Too much Gwent. <laughs> Gosh, and also it's like if Magic: The Gathering was more universal like everybody in the world played it and also yeah. all the cards were way more rare like there's only one copy of this yeah. queen card somewhere and you got to go shake somebody down for it also one time i was i was talking to an npc and like he was all snooty and then he asked me like what my gwent deck of choice was <laughs> and i said like you know one of like one of the different deck types and he was like oh a man of culture <laughs> like, he, <laughs> like he respected he me after words? that no but he like essentially oh, it was the same thing day. he like respected me after my deck choice <laughs> i wish i had deck choices i only have enough cards to run one feels bad man mm. uh owen as we're yeah. uh rounding out an hour here what have you been yeah. playing lately buddy uh well i Bought uh, Bloodroot on my Switch because I wanted a new other like Switch game to play, and I remember us playing Bloodroot and really liking it at PAX. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bad. It's really. bad. So like, maybe I don't remember it as well as I thought. Like you know, I, I kind of romanticized my, my uh, romanticized it in my brain, but. I played it for a little bit, and I, I ran into two things that I disliked, and eventually I just stopped playing because I, I I couldn't get past it. Uh, the first of which is that there are platforming bits, which I don't mind platformers, but like a weird like top down platformy thing is not fun. That's never a good camera angle. It never works well. You can never fucking tell, like, where you are in relation to the things you're trying to jump on. So that mm. was bad. That like that was just a poor choice of game design in general. And then the other thing that I ran into was that... For, for those of you that, that don't know the game or need a refresher, pretty much you're a person, you pick up random items and things around the map, and then you use them to bash people and kill them, and you just kind of like run around and, and bash through things. And that part is really fucking fun. They nailed that. The ability to just like have a, a wagon wheel and toss it at somebody across the map and, you know, have them explode and then pick up their arm and beat the next guy, like that great that's a lot of fun the problem i have with it is that no matter what you do you have to run through everything flawlessly because if you even take a little bit of damage you just straight die there is no like damage meter or anything you just die and restart and it's like kind of like um it's like hotline miami yeah hotline miami or katana zero yeah Which, like, I didn't mind Hotline Miami for some reason. Maybe there was just, like, a way that I could get through it that I wasn't frustrated with it as much. But I was very frustrated at playing this game 
uh, and just constantly running into it because sometimes I would die from dumb platforming things that I needed to do in the middle of a fight. So even though I did really well for the first half of the fight and I got all the people I needed to, that I would like fall off a platform and then I was like, okay, cool. Now I have to do it all over again. That's doesn't feel good. That's not a fun time. Um, or, you know, like, I just, I get through all of these people, and I get everybody dead, and then, like, the last guy manages to get me, and then I have to restart it all over again. And I was just like, this is just, I, I, I ended up stopped playing it, because I just, I was no longer having fun, and I was just more getting frustrated. Also, didn't help that I was playing on a Switch, because even, Switch still has problems with their controllers, Mm-hmm. At least if you don't have, like, the, the pro controller. So every once in a while, my character just decided that left was a good idea. And that would... So platforming was made harder because of that. Uh, occasionally when I would be trying to, like, punch people. And I'd just be like, okay, well, I'm my, my thumbstick is pointing right. So I should hit the guy to my right. But for some reason, the game registers left. And then I just die instantly and I don't swing at him at all. And I'm just like, this this sucks like everything about it was just not fun and i just had to stop playing it it's a good idea but i just meh hmm. it was a cool concept that you could just pick up all like literally everything that's around the map and use it as a weapon yeah. and the different weapons are so much fun to use like there's so many there's such a great variety like there's a uh, um uh, ladders that you can spin around so you kind of have like more of like an AoE effect of anyone that gets near you. You can uh, light bales of hay on fire and then throw them at people, which lights them on fire. And then while they're running around, if they touch anybody else, they light on fire. So like that's just fun. That's a cool mechanic. Like they yeah. do so many things so well and then they do so many other things that I was like, man, I would love that game so much more if I had like three health points. Right. Just just so that way I could ha- feel some form of progression and I didn't feel like I was constantly restarting every 10 seconds. And I mean, if I'm going to play a game that is just like, oh, hey, you're going to get, you know, you're, this is going to be a hard time for you and it's going to be very frustrating. Uh, I'll go play Darkest Dungeon or Mistover. I like those games and I'll play them a lot. Like, I'm no, I, I don't mind stuff that's difficult and you know, have some sadomasochism in there, but I, I just found this just too over the top on it. And I was like, no. I find it interesting that they chose to do the platforming from like the top-down perspective because that game has a weird mechanic of changing the perspective you're playing in dynamically. Uh, yeah. Like at least the demo we played, you would play at this sort of like almost isometric view, and then at times it puts you into almost side-scrolling where you're like running along a cliff edge or you're running along uh, a space where you're kind of watching from the side instead of watching from top down. And then there were also some scenarios where it was literally straight down. Yeah, it it just, it doesn't work. Like, I I just feel like it's one of those things that I was like, this doesn't work and it is not fun to have that kind of like the jumpy puzzles and mm-hmm. and trying to figure it out and, and i mean there is cool ways of doing the jumps like eventually you find uh like poles to vault or uh really long paddles for like boats that you can like use to like you jam it into the ground and do like a somersault off of it or something like that and like that's fun and that's cool 
but it still doesn't help that you have to figure out like you have to figure out so many other puzzles while also like flaw it it I feel like it would work better as like a smash em up kind of thing of just grab things, smash people rather than what it is right now, which is basically a puzzle game of you have to like kind of plan out the attack of just like, okay, I'm going to swing with this thing here, grab that thing, hit that person there, go there, swing it to this person here, jump up, grab this, hit the throw it over at that person. And you have to basically like plan it all out before you even do it. Right. Um, let's talk about a couple things news related and then we'll get into some games we haven't discussed yet um, number one being uh, of course there's some crazy stuff going on right now we're seeing worldwide protests due to the uh, death of George Floyd in Minnesota which has slowed down a lot of things um, there have been widespread protests across the United States I think last week they were talking about all 50 states have actually had a protest yep. at this point um, pro- uh, protesting police brutality and that's kind of like shifted everybody's perspective and like what they're focused on at the moment and that kind of uh, overshadowed a lot of other things as it should uh one of which was the playstation 5 event which was scheduled for actually today um was delayed uh and playstation announced that they they basically were like hey we just don't feel like this is the right time for celebration we need to hear more important voices rather than us being the people who are just announcing something everybody's kind of excited about um, I kind of wanted to toss this out here. We don't talk a lot, uh, and this is not like a political conversation, but we don't talk a lot about um, sort of companies, big gaming companies kind of making moves around what's happening in the world. It doesn't really uh, breach our, our sort of sphere conversation often. But in this case, like something like this, there's, there's kind of a part of it to be held where Sony's saying, all right, more important voices do need to be heard. And there's also half of it where it's like, is there a delay because they're concerned that there are not enough people who are going to be paying attention to this? You think it's like yeah. one in the same uh, to them? I I was going to say, I feel like no matter what you do, postponing it works better. Because yeah. if, you, if you postpone it on, you know, postponing it, A, makes you just look like a good company, like good on Sony for not doing that. They look good in the eyes of people that are, you know, down with the protests and everything. And B, it also will help them because then when this all simmers down a little bit more more ears and eyes will be on them and they'll have more coverage and they're not fighting for coverage over you know something that's that's globally such a big thing so like there's no fault on their part and i just think that's just like the best of moves to just be like yeah let's just not do it right now just take a step back yeah um that was not the only thing delayed i wanted to mention this talk about this a little bit uh, one, uh, two other things that they talked about being delayed. Android 11's beta announcement was supposed to come out, and EA was supposed to have a Madden NFL 21, which, of course, all of us play sports game on this sports games on this podcast. So, sports game for so much. Very balls. upset about. Can't it. wait for sports uh, ball. That <laughs> sports ball. That sports was ball delayed. But one thing to note about EA is actually uh, today they launched 25 games on Steam. Yeah, I saw that. Um, which is cool. So things like Dragon Age, Crisis, uh, Need for Speed, uh, as well as they're launching a Command Conquer Remastered Edition tomorrow. And all of that is now on Steam available to to play. And I know we mentioned this in the past that they're working towards more of like a less exclusive approach to their games where they want to do some shared platform thing. But 
Is that something you guys think we, we would expect from them in the future? They just continue this process? New releases will be Steam quicker? I um, would imagine. I I don't see why else you would dump your games on Steam. I mean, they did um, Fallen Order, and that was directly onto Steam. Was it directly onto Steam? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Okay. I, yeah. I bought it on Steam and like fairly close to when it comes out. I didn't grab it on like release day, but I was I grabbed it within the first two weeks of that game I mean, came out. And yeah, I think we're seeing something that I think is also going to happen in the streaming space where people are realizing that having your own exclusive thing sounds really great, mm-hmm. but actually just getting it out to more people is more probably ends up being more important right because like even sony is now bringing stuff over to pc yeah that was exclusive like death stranding and horizon no horizon Horizon zero dawn that is the name of that game okay yeah it's go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say obviously shows are kind of different because you don't necessarily pay for a show every time like you don't pay for a show to watch it necessarily you kind of have a service to watch it But I think the idea is still the same where realizing that just making it more convenient for people actually nets you more money. Because if they just if they don't go to your marketplace, you get zero as opposed to some percentage. Right. It's a weird. Like, it's a it's a weird thing because it started out with just basically steam and then everybody's like, oh, let's do our own thing. And you got all these different distribution platforms that are saying, all right, buy our games from here. And in, in reality, you mentioned shows, movies. It kind of all started with Netflix. And then things mm-hmm. are to the point where everybody's like, hey, come to our new streaming platform on NBC Peacock. And everybody's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants this. Who asked yeah. for this? Like, I can I can tell you right now, I I I hate that I do watch stuff on Disney Plus because I've just, but it, it just, it, the only reason why that works versus other ones is they have so much shit there. But then yeah. when it's like NBC Peacock or, um, who did the, uh, Star Trek? The, that's CBS, right? Oh, CBS All Access? Yeah. yeah. What is even we, on there other than Discovery? Yeah, I, I card? do not know and I do not care. I'm just going <laughs> to wait for those shows to eventually end up on Netflix, Hulu, or like somewhere else because I'm just like, I, I already have these other streaming platforms that I stream stuff from. I don't feel like getting every single one just so that way, you know, I can pay DC directly to watch Doom Patrol. I was like, I'll fucking wait. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not an expert, but I very much suspect we're going to see a similar thing where slowly but surely it's going to start being like, we're just going to dump all our stuff on Netflix again. Yeah, just like we had our own thing, but nobody cares about our stuff, really. Nobody well, came and we didn't get as much money as we wanted. So exactly. It's just so we're just gonna. For... Yeah. Yeah. Alex made a good point a couple of weeks ago. We were or a couple months ago actually. At this point, we were talking about how this is kind of cyclical. We went from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, basically one person providing everything to everyone sort of splitting out and doing their own thing, and then all of a sudden we see a rise in pirating, mm-hmm. and because of that, as a result, direct result, we go back to having one service. So somebody like. God forbid Cox is going to buy all these companies and bundle them in a package where you can buy a streaming service that has Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and Peacock and CBS All Access in one fun little package size thing that you can purchase. I really hope we don't get there, but that inevitably we will get back to one one singular streaming service, it seems. 
and that's what it seems like is happening with uh with what's going on with steam people kind of branched out they tried to try their own thing especially in this case we're talking about ea and all of a sudden they're like hey you know what there are more active users on steam than any other platform we should probably just put our games there we'll make more money yeah I, I don't mind, you know, competition, you know, I, uh, unlike many people that are upset by it, you know, I like the fact that the Epic's Game Store does exist. It seems like a good platform that they've built to try to, you know, rival Steam and be able to, you know, do, provide a similar service. But, you know, maybe they're trying to do it at, at different costs, which helps the consumer in the long run. So I'm not... Not fam. Anti-consumer practices. I'm I'm not against it, but at the same time, I also just think that, you know, like, you got to keep it centralized. Having, you know, having, oh, the the Ubisoft store is like, I ain't buying shit from the Ubisoft store. Like, put it on Steam or Epic and I'll buy it there. Don't say that for Epic phrase there. Tell me how (laughs) paying a bunch of money so that your game is only released on my service promotes competition that's just a different form of monopoly yeah well i think i think it's more of the fact of just having multiple outlets yeah they're like, having multiple storefronts rather than actual Steam competition being the one and only. yes yeah so the, here's the deal actual competition is you put it on multiple storefronts and then whatever storefronts the best gets more. is the gets more you know market share like they actually compete in an equal market mm-hmm. for consumers. The problem is they're like twelve years behind in terms of like they features. Are. Yeah, yeah they it's could, very hard for them to compete without doing something. I mean, do you know how fast they special. iterate Fortnite? Put some of those programmers on the Epic Game Store and put some actual features in that sucker. <laughs> it is they not that excel. difficult to yep. put a store cart because every yeah. other store on the internet has a cart. The fact that it doesn't have a cart is actually painful. It's kind of absurd. Speaking it's of embarrassing. Speaking of EA and also uh, quick updates, did you guys hear about the recent Sims 4 update? <laughs> You're going to find this hard to believe. No, yeah, yeah, I did not. It's just, is this the one where they're peeing it. fire? Yes. <laughs> so they 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 have this new update, and they were like, "Okay, cool, we're gonna put firefighters into the games. Like, we're just gonna patch that in as a thing." But somehow they fucked up some line of code. So when you go to the bathroom in Sims Four, you piss flames. Right. I is, mean, that, is there something I, weird about that? Is that not normal? <laughs> what does your pee look like? I don't understand. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seems normal to me. I don't know about you, but my piss is not kerosene. Like, that, that's not how that works. I may not see actual flames, but it feels like it's on fire. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I just, maybe you should I, get that checked out. <laughs> I, I haven't played it, no, but I just saw it. like the headline of just like the Sims 4 update creates Sims that pee flames, and I was like, alright, I gotta download the game again real quick. <laughs> <sighs> um, other game related things to mention here, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. Is that how you say uh, it? Yeah. yeah I think Kingdoms, so. of, Kingdoms of Amalur came out, Reckoning. and the studio that made it Went under like almost immediately. Almost immediately. Yep. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make sure to say reckoning. Kingdoms yeah, of Amalur is a different reckoning. thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because yeah, there's no right. regular Kingdoms of Amalur. <laughs> there was the supposed first to game be that studio made. I think. I think it's the only. Yeah, first and only. 
So yeah. they went under like shortly after it came out. I think out. they they launched it and almost immediately went under. Yeah, yeah. They well, were the making an MMO remaster. called Kingdoms of Amalur. Yes. And they were running out of money, so they I made see Reckoning. Why they went under. Yeah, so they made the To RPG. try to fund the MMO. Why would you? Okay, whatever. Wow. That's fine. But <laughs> it's getting a remaster this summer. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> the studio went under immediately. Why is this game getting remastered? People it's like that game for some reason. Old, I, was, right? like I mean, 16, it's, it's not a 2012. Bad game. Oh, it's 12. Wow, that's a lot older than I thought. Yeah. Okay. Ben it's will not, be very excited. Maybe reason. Yeah, ben will be excited. Ben likes that. That game's. I mean, it's not terrible. It wasn't no. my cup of tea. It's a little grindy, but it's a pretty solid game, actually. Yeah. But it just seems weird. That yeah. Company put it out. Company went under. Let's make a remaster. Make a remaster now. That, like, nobody's really asking for. Exactly. You know? Like, I don't Like, you remaster, like, Dark Souls. That makes sense, because they're still making, like, at least, like, Dark Souls-esque games. Yeah. So you're almost investing, it's almost like advertising for your later games. Exactly. But here, you're not making a sequel, because you don't exist. Maybe they've, <laughs> maybe they do exist. They were just in the dark for a long time, and they're still, they've been working on their MMO this whole time. Oh my god, and they're about to stun us. Like someone must own the rights, I guess, if they're making a remaster. So yeah, I, like I, I guess I probably sound Nordic like a fool. Yeah. Or yeah. It probably THQ Nordic it. just bought a billion IP at one point. <laughs> yeah. Like a year or two ago. It was just like, you know that game that died ages ago? Yep, THQ Nordic. Yeah. I think that's where Destroyal Humans is coming back from. Oh, yeah, really? I think that's them. So I was just gonna mention that's the thing, but 2020 is completely full of games that are getting remastered. Yeah. Some some that people want, others that people are like, why is this coming out again? We talked about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 last, mm-hmm. last podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sure, I'm sure there's a small group of people who are like super pumped that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 are coming out again, but <laughs> seems pretty small. Destroy all humans. Yeah. Are there that many people who are excited about Destroy All Humans? It, like, was like a sol- it. it was like a solid like six out of ten when it <laughs> launched on the ps2 yeah like i enjoyed playing on the ps2 but do i want to play it remastered no, no. <laughs> lord like zero no. desire uh, uh, i have an important note yeah. this game is called kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning yeah re-reckoning, re-reckoning. <laughs> just for yes. that i don't want it anymore <laughs> take it away speaking Listen, of you- other things people maybe don't want there's a Darkest Dungeon DLC that came out recently. Free DLC, which sounds great, right? PvP. Oh, First yeah, of all, PvP. I heard about this. Who wants Why? a PvP Darkest Dungeon? It's got mechanics that are not PvP friendly. There's a, there's a mechanic where if your character gets at zero health, the next time they take damage, there's like a 50% chance they die and a 50% chance they don't. In PvP, that's very, very bad. Yeah, that seems not great. Mm-hmm. Also, apparently, dots can't kill people in PvP, so that's a weird change they made. I but just, the biggest thing, free DLC, that's fine. You don't have to play it if you don't want to. One of the biggest issues is, now that they've introduced it, the main single-player game is running into, like, a bunch of issues. <sighs> Frame rate issues, like, latency issues. Just playing the single-player, which is it's so bad. Mm. <laughs> that's... Really, one that's like, who wanted this? Like, who played Darkest Dungeon was like, man, PvP though, right? I don't, I don't understand. It's like no. a roguelike, right? Yeah, about mm-hmm. building a team and them going insane. Mm-hmm. That just yeah. feels so not conducive to a PvP environment. Exactly. Yeah, I do not you understand s- who wanted this or why. You say who wanted this, and then we like think about other games. Like, 
uh, but from my specific specific perspective, which is like Blade Runner is being remastered this year, which I am very pumped about. But sure, I'm sure a lot of people are like, why are you remaking a game from 1995 that not that many people care about? Or I feel like that one's got it's got the movie that came out recently. It's got an, enough of a cult following out recently. Yeah. Like Cyberpunk's coming out soon, so like the Cyberpunk aesthetic is big. Yeah, they're probably but thinking they're going to capture a new audience remaster that okay well and i'm sure somebody asked for pvp darkest dungeon i think they're insane <laughs> but i'm sure they asked for it an insane person um another update that happened recently was uh with half-life alex yeah i just want to mention real quick they they put liquid physics in there so you can shake bottles what? and there's liquid inside of them i have <laughs> seen some of the like some people who have been like look at the look at the fluid inside of this beer bottle like just moving yeah. it around with their hands. It's so ridiculous. Why? It didn't I need it at all. And it's like weeks, like a month after the game came out. This is what they've been working on. Instead no, of like, episode three. Well, it's just I like, mean, it's really one dude at Valve was just like, he just wanted to do it. So he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's I just so made cool, a liquid shader. Why not? Guys, we didn't even talk about the most important remaster. Which is Crisis. Oh my god. What? Crisis 1? Yeah. They're remastering but can it Crisis 1. That's the crisis point. On They're remaking it so we can start this conversation over again. <sighs> you know, there should be like some good remasters that people are looking forward to. Like, can we get can we get like Boulder's Gate Dark Alliance? Oh, oh, Gate Dark Alliance, yes. Like, please actually. Re- remember that? That was a good two games. Like, let's get a remake of that. They're making a new Dark Alliance. I know that they're making Dark Alliance 3, but like are we talking about Baldur's Gate 3? Yeah. They're no, it has a different no, name. It has no, a different name. No. No. But like, I would love I would love that. Or, you know, uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy. So many good memories playing that game. I mean, they did make another Gauntlet game not that long ago. Look, I'm just saying, but I'm going to fight you. Because they are remaking SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. Oh and that gosh. game fucking slaps. That game is great. <laughs> I'm so I'm excited that they're remastering it. Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. It, oh my it's gosh. actually See, a very good game. That's coming out at the end of this month, too. There's all sorts of stuff coming out this summer. Yeah, a bunch of remastered stuff. Yeah. Remasters and things no, on PS5 things or PS4. Yeah. So I'm sitting here twiddling my fucking thumbs. Freaking gotta remasters. get yourself a PlayStation, man. Or move into the Horizon. <laughs> the Horizon house. house. That's freaking right. We're taking applications. Uh, let's talk about something that's uh, not game, video game related. Let's talk about films for a second. Um, oh, and did you recently watch uh, Uncut Gems? I did. I watched Uncut Gems last night, and I hated every second of watching that movie. Wow. wow. <laughs> I've heard I, only good things. Yes. Same. I like. I heard nothing but good things. I heard everyone was like, "Ah, oh, you're gonna love it. It's gonna be amazing." And I watched it, and from start to finish, I was just like, "I hate this." Like, I just, I hated watching it. I, I, I felt so conflicted myself because, like, the film student in me wanted to like so many things in it, but the consumer in me was just like, "This is just a bad movie." Like, mm. I don't. It's just a lot of fucking people yelling at each other on phones for an hour and a half until their greed gets them all killed. The end. Like, 
I spoilers. I'm sorry if you haven't seen it, but like that's it. That's all it is. Is just a bunch of bad decisions and people screaming at each other. And I was like, this is not. It, it didn't make me think about anything. It didn't like no parts of it was like super stylized. I, I will say the gem itself in the intro scene was very stylized and sounded and looked neat. That part cool. I will give it the first five minutes when you're when it's like doing the credits and rolling through the gem itself. That part is great. But the rest of it, I was just like, there's no art of this that makes it look good or interesting or visually pleasing. It's just shots of New York City, which, by the way, doesn't look that great. It's like, it's just a bunch of screaming people at each other that just sit there and scream and make poor decisions. And also, there's... A giant fucking plot hole of just like why so many things didn't happen and I'm just like you know I'm sure if I paid attention a little bit more things would have explained itself better but I also just didn't care because about 30 minutes into it I was just like this is just I, I just lost all faith in the movie and just was like at that point just hate watching it to finish it two things I'll say about this real quick uh, number one it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes so I know I mean I, like it pains me to not like this movie. However, this is an Adam Sandler movie. And I'm not going to lie. I dismiss mm. pretty much every Adam Sandler movie that is yep. on Netflix. Uh -huh. Because why? Adam's, why? It's not like, I don't think it's like a normal Adam Sandler it's movie. It's not. It's not. And Adam Sandler is great at doing his role. Like, I looked at this and not for a second was I, like... The entire time, he is perfectly in character and giving me such a great performance of this character that I never thought he was going to tell a joke, and I never thought, like, he was going to break out of it. He just was an asshole, and I wanted to punch him for, like, the hour and a half runtime. And for the entire hour and a half, I'm just like, God, I want to punch this guy so badly. <laughs> and then he gets shot at the end, and I'm just like, fuck yeah. Like, I've never felt so great about the protagonist in a movie dying. I was just like, justice is served. Thank God I'm done with this. Man. It just... Has anybody watched any of the other Adam Sandler movies, like um, uh, Sandy Wexler or Murder Mystery, Ridiculous Six, any of those other, like, Netflix original ones? Mm -mm. No. Okay, perfect. That's I what I expected. One. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about other other things that are in film related world. Alex, you have been, and I'm not going to say you have been. You literally sat down and watched all of Space Force in one sitting. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was technically. I mean, I guess you could call it one sitting. I was in the same position, but I <laughs> he watched got it to get water. You know, I I watched. I started watching it. I got to like 3 a.m. I turned it off and went to sleep i woke up at 7 a.m i finished the rest <laughs> was all from Julie? my bed because i have a projector pointed at the ceiling above my bed <sighs> okay i have a question how do you not just <laughs> fall asleep if you're he laying did. down staring at your did you ceiling? hear the story that's what <laughs> I happened felt... <laughs> i went to sleep for like four hours in the middle but yeah, yeah it's basically one sitting i guess it's one laying yeah, one yeah, laying. one lane. Oh god. So, so, so was it good? I mean, it's only it's only ten episodes, and it's only like thirty minute an episode, so it's not that long. Um, very good, I think. It's it's very funny, but not in like conventional comedy trope way. Like it's very serious funny, 
kind of. Mm. If, if I could. I don't know how to <laughs> describe it. To I, can, it to? I can hear Jake thinking about that. Yeah, serious funny. You're, you're funny. losing me. Like mm. they, it's all like so self-serious. They're very like oh, it's all military, and they're in the space force, and they gotta like get their missions done and everything. But then like the interactions, the characters are very humorous, and there's like little quips like against Trump here and there, which are very funny. They never say Trump in the show, but they always talk about the POTUS mm. and how like there's a new policy coming out. Be expecting a tweet soon. Stuff like that. <laughs> Very funny. That seems like highly the, not Trump related. There's an episode about how POTUS is mad because he wants a good birthday present from the Space Force <laughs> and they don't have anything to give to him. Mm. Very funny. Um, really good show. Steve Carell is awesome. Also, John Malkovich is amazing. I mean, that's the case for most of the things that he does i feel like yeah. he i don't know what it is about his acting he has a cadence to his speech that is so unique and so like enthralling like you just want to hang on every word he says well it's like uh they, they used to talk about the um the shatner comma william shatner mm-hmm. comma and yep. they talk about what's his face um walken yeah, the walk-in comma, both Walken. of them, because they have a very specific cadence to when they say words in a sentence. And somehow, yeah. especially even though Christopher Walken is a weird freaking looking dude, you're like drawn into what he is saying. Yeah, very good show. Um, definitely open for season two, like just a big cliffhanger at the end, but you know, really worth watching i think i also watched the last season of fuller house in about the same time period i, I watched both of those series in the last two days like I think. side by side yeah <laughs> um <laughs> one of them in like the smaller corner window yeah like both both audio. <laughs> audio playing on both of them at the same time that's smart uh yeah i didn't realize it was going to be the last season and then i found out it was the last season i was very sad uh, but they open that series with all of them in the kitchen being like, I can't believe it's over. And they're like, yeah, why would you cancel something like this? It just makes you so happy and warm. And then they're like, you figure out that they're talking about ice cream at some point. But obviously it's like a jab at canceling their show. Very good stuff. <laughs> and the daughter's like, all right, guys, so I'm going to go binge watch my favorite family sitcom in the other room. It's last season. <laughs> Good stuff. And then, oh, and the second to last episode, they're up in the attic looking for something. And uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen have not made an appearance for the entire series, but like every other character from Full House has. And they like see a bike in the attic and they're like, when are you going to get rid of Michelle's bike? And they're like, if she hasn't come and got it yet. And then they turn and look at the camera and they stare directly in the camera and they're like, she's not going to come. <laughs> That's very good. good. That's pretty good. I don't know what their deal is with not wanting to have a cameo on the show, but they're very against it, I guess. There's not enough drugs involved for them to show up? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Say it ain't so. Also a very good show, though. Very different scale of good. Like, Space Force is, like, uh, objectively a good show, whereas Fuller House is, like, a trash garbage show that I like a lot. 
a trash garbage show that you are selling me it's on a, this. I want you it's to know. It's a guilty pleasure. It's just like a easy to watch, heartwarming. Like you don't have to put much thought into it. I feel like guilty pleasure is what people say when they watch a show and it's garbage. But they watch <laughs> the whole thing and they're like, other people should suffer as I have suffered. <laughs> if you like Full House, you probably like it. Um, <laughs> hey, I mentioned earlier that, uh, of course, we have been playing a lot of Gloomhaven. But has anybody else been playing by anybody else? I mean, Jake and Owen. Have you guys been playing <laughs> board games? Man, all? I bought Apocrypha. All of it. All of it. Uh, Haven't had anyone to play it with. Because, you know, you're not allowed to go outside. Yeah. Let me tell you about an experience that uh, the three of us had just, like, was it a week ago? Probably. We went down to my parents' house and decided, hey, we're going to crack open this game called Apocrypha. Oh, hey. That's the one I just said. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. And play around. And it's a game. All right. The funniest part of the story is that they were looking at the games to bring to Aaron's parents' house. Aaron's like, nah, I don't want to play Pathfinder. I didn't like that. <laughs> They're like, all right, cool. We'll bring Apocrypha instead. It's the same game, guys. <laughs> it's the same game. It's the same mechanic. That's how it's, I tricked him. It's like the same game. <laughs> the problem is it's and actually worse. It is directly worse. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think Pathfinder has a lot of things going Pathfinder, forward that Apocrypha doesn't. Pathfinder's also bad. But Apocrypha no. is, is worth. I don't is think Pathfinder is actually bad. Okay, listen. When you have like cool. when you have yeah, a fourteen hundred page FAQ about how the mechanics of that game work, you think maybe you should have written a bigger also, rule book. I mean, we're it's also been Gloomhaven. refined over time. Yeah, is there a fourteen hundred page FAQ about Gloomhaven? No, because <laughs> most people have defined the mechanics and they defined it early on. <laughs> Yeah, the amount of times that we have to Google something about Gloomhaven, though, which is like roughly once a session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, it's, it's a pretty, weird it's scenario. pretty bad. <laughs> it's not I, just the scenario. I I, I, I Pathfinder is also it, it's developed over time because that FAQ is from when they started releasing those games, which is like the Rune Lords set originally, mm-hmm. which we're playing okay. Mummy's Mask. Which is like years later. Yeah. And the rulebook's probably better, I'm guessing. I don't know. What we really should have done is just went ahead and played um, the one that we're actually doing our Pathfinder campaign session with. What's it yeah, called? Rise of the Rune Lords. Rise, Rise of the Rune Lords. Yeah, yeah. that's the first one. I tried to out. get that one, and then it's like out of print, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Mm. What were you going to say, Owen? Oh, I was just going to say that you're like Googling a thing every session reminded me of the uh, Star Wars campaign that I'm running because mm-hmm. at least once a session, there's just something that I'm just like, oh, dear fucking Jesus. Now I have to worry about this or like I have to figure out what the rule is. And I've read pretty much every single core rule book and I've skimmed through all of the appendices and I've got like three different websites and still somehow the people that I play with find like, Hey, how does this thing work? And I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yep. Dude, when I'm running Pathfinder second edition, I have like eight tabs open and that's did, got nothing on first edition. Did I, yeah. <laughs> did I mention the chaos that one of that, one of my players brought on the last like two, I think it was two sessions ago I, I must not have because I guess it was 
after our last podcast one of my one of my players is a jedi and he realized the fact that he can force stasis people he also realized the fact that force stasising people like just holding them and moving them around does not break unless they take damage and he can still move around so as long as they move with him and are within 15 feet it's fine so what he's now started to do is he has a jetpack and he jumps his jetpack onto the 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 ship that they have the starship that they have and then they fly into the atmosphere and then drop the people <laughs> from the fucking atmosphere <laughs> so now i have to figure out in my campaign how to deal with them doing orbital strikes with sith lords <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. That's really good. That is actually really good. That makes me think of like, um, uh, and clearly I've never played with him, but Kevin's plays in Pathfinder. Yeah, let me like, tell you, Kevin's in this group, and Kevin uh, is applauding the other person. Kevin's not the one breaking the game. Oh, wow. that's surprising. <laughs> yeah, because he's the, the story I always hear about is when he like carried a bag with a whole bunch of crossbows yep. in it. Yes, mm-hmm. and he does that often. <laughs> yeah. Would just pull one trick. out and fire it and then pull another one out oh. instead of reloading. You just what gotta is? play nasty games where it's like, oh, he drops his bag, they all go off. See, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you, just, you gotta be mean about it. Yeah. Kevin has the nice <laughs> thing of asking me if he can do something dumb first. He's just like, mm-hmm. hey, I realize that I have this giant laser gun, but if I miniaturize the giant laser gun, can I miniaturize it again so that way I can hold one on each finger? And I'm like, no. Of course, like, of course he would ask that. I, I can at least he at least asks me the dumb shit he's trying to break so I can see it coming and just be like, I'm just gonna stop you there. Whereas my other player is just just like Hey, it says in the rules I can do this, and I was like, it does say in the rules that you can just drop people from fucking space, so proceed. Yeah, it's, you know, like, at the end of the day, I probably should not complain about how not I don't like the rules of the Pathfinder card game, considering I'm reading a 525-page rulebook about my Starfinder session that I'm about to start up. Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> they just don't compare, and I'm sure it's the exact same with Pathfinder and Pathfinder 2E and pretty much any RPG that somebody's going to run. But, man, I like it when board game rules are well-refined. They don't have to be oh, simple. Yeah. It can be a book. I'm okay with a book, as long as the rule set is well enough refined that I don't have problems with. And that's unfair for me to say, too, because when in Gloomhaven, I still do not understand how the AI works to this day. And we have played probably 30-some sessions at this point, and I, I don't understand it. I think one of the things that really helps that out is also just um, the community that plays the game. Because the amount of times that I've Googled things for um, Betrayal and just mm. found answers from people in betrayal of they're just like oh no i read it and i talked to the guy that developed it and really it's supposed to be played like this and i'm like oh thanks <laughs> i can appreciate well, that thank you <laughs> i wish it was explained better in the rules but like i'm also really glad that there's enough people that play this game that there are answers online that are easily found well and what's his face that developed betrayal uh why can't i think of his name right now Uh, yeah mike selling he he talks about how he will now play betrayal 
And people will mention rules and he'll be like, I don't know if that's correct. And they'll whip out the rule book and it ends up being that they're right and he doesn't have the rule set correct. So he's like, okay. I mean, I, I guess. I don't, it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> Writer of rules. Get out of here. Um, well, Jake, I mean, I'm sorry to dump on your Apophrica, but you should, you should try it. Well, I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. You should try it. It might be good. But you hated it, and it's garbage, and I wasted all my money. <laughs> well, like, I don't think it was a lot of money. You got it on that super crazy sale. I did. Right? I mean, it was way cheaper than it would have been otherwise. Yeah. But, you know, if it sucks, it sucks, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played it. It may also just be me because I'm not, I don't like that specific mechanic. I mean, or that everyone, other people on this call played it, yes. Was, yeah. Did they think it was good? It was all right. <laughs> Huge. Yeah, You're so I was hoping to hear. What a Pathfinder so... adventure card game is significantly better. I think so. Wait. Cool. Cool. I'll just right. throw it in the garbage. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I also got all of it when it was on sale. Oh, cool. At least I'm that. not the only one who wasted all my money. <laughs> Ah, it's okay. Alex is still waiting on us to play his. Uh... How much was Seventh Continent? Five hundred dollars. He's not upset about that. Damn. Not at all. <laughs> on that note, thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on, one for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.